You're listening to episode 21 of the Unperfect Podcast, where today we are going to be talking trees. Not just Christmas trees, but also a tale of two trees in my life, where God gave me a new lens through which to see the gift that is my daughter. So listen in. Welcome to the Unperfect Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I'm here to help you see glimpses of God's glory in the now and the not yet. If you're feeling rather unperfect today, congratulations, you're officially human. Hope and probably some humor are coming up. Hello, hello, and happy December. If you're listening to this episode when it actually airs, if not, maybe you're catching it down the road in March or July, no worries, because it's not really a Christmas episode, though I am going to talk about my Christmas tree for a half a second. So there are families out there, many that I love, admire, and sometimes covet, that have a great and beautiful family tradition of going to a Christmas tree farm, cutting down their tree, bringing it back home, lighting it, decorating it, and watering that sucker the whole season. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The Sneeds are not that family. I don't even have a good reason because we live in the Blue Ridge Mountains where there's plenty of Christmas tree farms around. But except for that first year that we were married when we lived here um, before we had kids in our little 1,000 square foot apartment, we have had a fake tree every year. So that first decade or so, it was my parents' old tree, which was already looking pretty Charlie Brownish by the time we inherited it. But it finally reached the point that no amount of fake garland could hide that ugly green pole going up the center, and there were pretty much more fake needles on the floor than on the tree. So we got a new pre-lit tree, and I was pretty sure I had arrived at that, that point. It was like a symbol of, you know, we were no longer maybe just living paycheck to paycheck. We were living the American dream of all things pre-lit trees. But anyway, as many of you know, we're big Star Wars fans over here. I mean, I have pictures of my husband showing our toddlers their first Star Wars movie. And when a new Star Wars movie comes out, we have a whole feast of Yoda soda and all kind of stuff like that. We love Star Wars. So one year, we purchased this really cool Darth Vader ornament that you plug into your lights, and then his red lightsaber would light up. It was super cool. Or we thought it was going to be super cool. What actually happened is that when we plugged it into the lights on our new pre-lit tree, it shorted out the entire strand of lights up to the point where it was plugged into the bulb. It was crazy. And, of course, we're fancy-like, so we weren't going to buy a whole nother tree. So we just wrapped extra lights around that part of the tree and carried on. However, the next year, having not learned our lesson the year before, hence the title of this podcast, Unperfect, we plugged old Darth Vader back into the pre-lit tree only to watch the rest of the lights that were working short out forever, like it took the dark side to a whole other level. But again, we weren't buying a new tree. So my husband went in with wire clippers and cut off every single light attached to that tree. So now we had a pre-lit tree with no lights that you had to add lights to every year. So we held onto that tree for years. It eventually leaned so far to the right for some reason that we renamed it the Leaning Tree of Pisa. So last year, I finally bit the bullet and bought a new tree. Not a pre-lit tree because I wasn't going there again. But this tree is beautiful, and it's full, and it stands up straight. And best of all, my husband willingly and lovingly wraps a thousand lights around it for us to enjoy um, before we decorate it. So we still have many Star Wars ornaments on the tree, even some from the dark side, but none that plug into the bulbs. And I'm happy to report there have been no more disturbances in the force on our delightful new Christmas tree. 
So today, I actually wanted to tell you what I called earlier a tale of two trees. And it's honestly just this beautiful picture that God gave me during a really hard season of raising kids. Um, I'm not sure there isn't a hard season of raising kids. It's, it's just, it's a hard job. But uh, as I was raising my bold, beautiful, strong-willed daughter, um, and I'm not going to give you all the details of her life because that part is not my story to tell, but I will tell you this. When I was praying for a daughter and wanting a daughter, I'd always imagined a relationship like the one I had with my mom, and I probably imagined my daughter being a lot like me, pretty feminine, um, lots of affection, not a lot of mud. But when I first met our three-year-old Rwandan daughter, it was clear she was not going to talk like me, act like me, or even want anything to do with me the first week she was mine. True story, all she wanted was my husband. Um, And while she tolerated the color pink and an occasional dress, she pretty much wanted to be with her three roughhousing brothers toting Nerf guns, lightsabers, and matchbox cars. So she was our beautiful princess, but her royalty came with a tough exterior. Um, And there were some walls of trauma, um, which most kids who have been adopted will experience, um, that would take time to get through. But she was courageous and loyal and strong and just overflowing with possibility and potential. She still is. But once while I was uh, just, it was just really hard and I was struggling, I was reading the book of Isaiah and God just gave me this new metaphor. And it was this, my daughter was, was an oak tree, not a Bradford pear tree. So I'm going to tell you the difference here in a second, but let me start with that passage in Isaiah where I got that from. It's Isaiah 61 where God says, or Isaiah says, the Lord has anointed me to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I was immediately reminded when I read that of our first North Carolina neighborhood where we lived. It was lined with beautiful Bradford pear trees. Um, Now, Bradford pears can grow up to be like 30 feet tall. I don't think ours were ever that tall. Um, And they're just a beautiful, aesthetically pleasing part of a yard's landscape. Uh, The best words to describe them would be cute or quaint, but they are actually structurally weak, and they often fracture in heavy snow or winds. They also don't produce fruit, and they sometimes can even prevent the grass below them from growing. So ironically, they violate North Carolina's state motto, which is esse quam videri, to be rather than to seem. And I know I just butchered that Latin. I'm very sorry. I barely speak English. But one spring night, we had this ice storm that moved through Asheville. And the following day, y'all, the sound was crazy because all you could hear was this army of chainsaws all over the neighborhood going at once. Because during the night, when these branches just weren't prepared for the ice that had settled on them. Over half of these neatly arranged trees in our subdivision had split under the weight of all that ice. So almost everyone in our neighborhood was cutting them down and chipping the branches into mulch. But oak trees, those are a different story completely. Oak trees have structural integrity that allow them to live for hundreds of years. The acid and the leaves and the bark protects the tree against insects and fungi And they can produce sprouts from their roots even if they are burned down or eaten by animals. And we know they're fantastic for climbing. So in His grace and wisdom, 
God planted my daughter like an oak tree, not a Bradford pear. She definitely preferred playing in the mud with her big brothers, whom she could pretty much take down if a wrestling match ensued. But she also has a great capacity to provide shade from the hot sun and protection from the storms of this world. She is fiercely loyal to her family. And even if circumstances or personal choices at times knock her down, I know she's rooted in a strength that, if she'll allow God to do it, will foster new growth in her beautiful life. So Bradford pears are dainty and predictable and seemingly controllable. But I'm sticking with my oak tree. I'm looking forward to when her roots run deep in God's Word and her branches provide shade and shelter and delight for everybody that comes in contact with her. And like any relationship, ours is a work in progress, but it's the one that God in His sovereignty gave to us and holds in His mighty right hand. Each of our spiritual journey is a work in process, hers and mine. But I'm praying and using opportune moments with her to nudge her toward the master gardener. She is now 17, which I can't even believe. I say that with a sigh because it is so hard when your kids are old enough to make their own choices, isn't it? Like when they're little, we're longing for the day that we're done wiping their noses and their butts and picking out their clothes and tying their shoes. And then all of a sudden we blink and we have to start holding our tongue and watch them make decisions for themselves. Some that are great and some that are horrific. But any parental control we think we have is just like that Bradford pear illusion. We can work our butts off and try to help them. But there comes a time when we've got to realize we can't work harder for them then they're willing to work for themselves. And I love what Andy Kolber says in her book, Try Softer, that the process of blooming is just as valuable as the flower it produces. So I am over here trying my best to learn to guide and instruct my kids, but then step back and let God do the watering, let God take control of this process of blooming because I don't want wimpy Bradford pears, y'all. They're cute. They look kind of classy on the outside, but I want oak trees. I want what Isaiah said, plantings of the Lord that He may be glorified, that lasting beauty that can grow from ashes, pouring over with the sap of strength and gladness that replaces any mourning or despair that's happening now. And I know and I believe with all my heart that God's not done writing my kids' stories any more than He's done writing my own. So today I'm reminding myself and you that the light of the world is in the business of tearing down the old and planting the new. Trees, children, hearts, dreams, families, disappointments, regrets. Let's claim Isaiah 61 and plant ourselves by the streams of the water of His Word, because He is good on His promise. He's good, period. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick rating and review. It only takes a second, and it helps other unperfect people like us find the podcast so they can be encouraged too. As always, I'm praying you have a blessed week and are able to see glimpses of glory in the now and the not yet of your unperfect life. See you next time. If you sometimes struggle with living in the tension of the now and the not yet, I've got a free resource just for you. 
called The Unperfect Promises of God. It's a printable download of five biblical meditations to help you find balance between the brokenness we live in and the hope that we have in Jesus. Just click on the link and that printable download is yours free. Yay, we love free. Unperfect, a good word for life here in the now and the not yet, mentioned in 1 John 3, 2. When life deals us imperfections, we're often quoted Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for our good, or James 1, 2, that we should count it all joy when we face trials. And while these scriptures are absolutely true, they don't promise lives absent of disappointment or pain. So how do we live in that tension? Well, today I'm offering some help, hope, and healing in Embracing Unperfect, a seven-day dive to fully living the life you've been dealt. You'll receive seven daily emails addressing obstacles that hinder our ability to live fully in the lives we've been given. Each day offers biblical insights, actionable steps, and additional resources for deeper exploration, and also a recording if you want to dive in on the go. Seven days, seven minutes, seven dollars. For the cost of a latte, you'll be getting more than a caffeine boost. You'll get a taste of freedom to move from resistance to acceptance, from hiding to authenticity, from comparison to contentment, from control to surrender, from regret to hope, from insignificance to purpose, and from worry to peace. So check out the link to order today and let's dive into embracing unperfect together.